You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn more about their personal finances and get the most from their money. This series is hosted by Kate Campbell from How To Money and Owen Raskovich from Rask Finance. The Australian Finance Podcast is provided for educational purposes only. The information is general in nature and does not take into account your needs, goals or objectives. What that means is the information does not apply to you specifically. So consider getting the advice of a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information. Kate, welcome to the next episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Hi, Owen. Good to be back. Wonderful. It's uh, a great topic for this uh, episode. We're taking control of your financial future. Yeah, and this episode was actually built off a question we received a few mm. weeks ago um, from a, a listener, and mm. they were pretty much they've listened to our basics episode they've sorted out their debt they've sorted out their emergency fund they've kind of got their basics under control but they're pretty time poor so they don't have time to read 101 books like we have done um and search google for the best information and spend time researching stocks so um they have sent us this question now they don't have a regular income and it fluctuates significantly And they've heard us speak about a whole range of different um, things on the podcast in terms of investing. So they're not really sure where to start. Mm -hmm. And they don't really have anyone around them to ask. Yeah, and which would be perfectly normal. Pretty common. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that won't have some finance guru in their living room or someone that's really interested in this sort of stuff. Yeah. So the question was really a a step-by-step guide for new beginners uh, to start out and take control of their financial future without paying half the farm away in fees. Yeah, great. Well, okay, put that. Okay, so before we get to some strategies and some sort of building blocks and taking those next steps, I think I've been sucked into do a checklist again. Yes, Owen's right? just a great checklist creator. I am. Oh, well, 
Let's not get ahead of ourselves, actually. <laughs> oh, well, because um, it's recorded, uh, Owen will have to do it and it will be in the show notes. Yes. So we'll do a checklist, which would be like this kind of like money checklist, money and investing checklist. So things that you can go through, just a simple A4 page. Print it out Print when it you're out. getting started, go through each thing and make sure you haven't forgotten anything. Yep. Cool. And we're just going to effectively run over what would be on that checklist right now. Yeah. So we're going to explain the things that you can do. And some of the things that um, we've covered in the past, but kind of like just provide a summary of them all. Mm-hmm. And if you need to, you, there's plenty of episodes. The first 10 episodes, obviously, essentials. Beyond that, we've gone to some topics a bit deeper. Uh, and yeah, I'm keen to get into this. So first things. Now, this listener has their budget sorted, but what would be the first step? Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the first thing when you're trying to sort out your finances is work out you're incoming and outgoing. So how much you're getting paid, how much you're spending. If the spending is exceeding the incoming, then something's got to change immediately. Yep. So best ways to do that, bank accounts, like look at the statements. Yep. Get an app, like track my spend from ASIC. Yeah. And if your credit card bill, you're just paying the minimum each month, then you've got to start there. Yep. That's the low-hanging fruit, as I would say. It is the most bang for your buck. If you start paying back that credit card, you get so many benefits in interest and fees yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So for every dollar you spend now, you might pay it off months quicker. So that's yeah. first so steps. So once, once you've made sure you've got more incoming than outgoing, uh, I think definitely start to create a budget. Yep. Yep. And we talk about, we've talked about different types of budgeting strategies, whether it's the 50, 20, 30. Yeah. So 50% of your salary on living expenses, mm-hmm. 30% on... All those nice to haves, holidays, yep. things like that, and twenty percent on long term savings. Yep, yep. It's a great simple budget. Uh, there are others, but you can effectively think about that. And and there's great apps now that you yeah. can just plug in your debit card, link it, and then it'll tell you exactly how much you spent on food that month, how much at the supermarket, how much on petrol, and it breaks it all down into categories. And that you could even do that before mm. creating a budget, so you've got a baseline to go off. What on earth is this app? Uh, well, one I was using called Frollo. Oh, yes, you mentioned that. That's free in Australia. So at the moment, they aren't charging for anything. So that's one to check out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. And I nice. think there's a few like pocket book. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm. I've heard of that. God, I like these inside tips. <laughs> good ones. Okay. So either if you want a baseline to start building your budget off because you go, how much do I actually spend on food each month? Instead of having to go in and add up every single thing on your credit card or your transaction mm-hmm. statement. Put it through an app. Yep. Cool. Love it. So when you're saving costs, Aldi. Oh my God, it's amazing. Uh, Aldi's a great <laughs> well, place. Toilet paper for the win. Yes. Um, what else is there? There's you can um, cancel your direct debits at the bank level, so yep. you can cut all them off, so you know exactly what's coming in, what's going out. If and you're if, like, yeah. ask you have subscriptions coming out of your ears, you can cut them all off there and then. Yeah, and that's canceling a card is often if you can. Um, is often the best way to find out exactly how many subscriptions you got mm-hmm. because suddenly all these companies that haven't emailed you for years, when your credit card is declined, when they run their next payment, will suddenly start to email you. Yep, they sure will. Okay, so the one thing here, and this is really important, is that when you're setting up your budget, don't be too hard on yourself. Mm. We've talked about this before, but if you if you can save 1% of your money this month, 2% next month, 3% the month after. Mm. That's great. All the way up to 10 or 20 or 30%. That's wonderful. Yeah. And but if don't you're be too strict, yourself. you're just setting yourself up to fail because yeah. it's just impossible. And then you feel 
terrible that you couldn't stay within your budget yeah. and it just doesn't help the scenario at all. Yeah, some people talk about uh, budgeting, kind of like exercise, you know, people that have these wonderful ideas and they go, I'm going to save all this next week. Mm, doesn't always work out. Some people it does. Some people can just go on a detox and they've saved all this money yeah. and they love it. Some sometimes you've got to start out with one workout for the week yeah. and do that for a month and then build it up from there. Yeah, that's it. So my advice is if you look at your giant list of expenses, don't just go straight to the big ones. Start with the easy ones. Have the little wins and then mm. let them snowball. Um, another thing is that if you can and you're like me, you might have your insurance, your rego, all those types of things come up at the same time. So if you can give yourself some sort of float, we've talked about this before, mm. just like a little bit of money that's in the account that handles all those lumpy expenses because we budget for things like uh, rent on a weekly basis, even though we pay it on a monthly basis, we car insurance, regos, et cetera, but they all come out at once. Mm. So unless you've already saved that amount of money, it's going to be a bit of a shock when it comes. Yeah. So give yourself a bit of a float. Don't be too hard on yourself. And just keep snowballing, pick mm. little, pick little and things, start, and yeah. keep winning. Maybe pay off the smaller credit, credit, smallest credit card debt, and then attack the personal debt, personal loans, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, so we've talked about an emergency fund before. This person yeah. already has one, but three to six months living expenses, unless you have a family or a business or something like that. Yeah, you might want to do a little bit longer, but yeah, that's just in a high interest savings account. Uh, or maybe yeah. an irregular job yep. or a freelancer or something like that. Yep, perfect. It's uh, good for those rainy days. Don't just use it to go and buy a, a trip around Europe or Kentucky or something like yep. that. This is actually for emergencies. emergency fund is not for fun things. Yeah, that's it. Even though it sounds kind of fun, emergency fund. No, it doesn't. I'll take that back. Uh, <laughs> wills. So this is a quick one. If you've got any type of financial responsibility, children, house, business, uh, school fees, uh, whatever. Yeah. Will it doesn't cost a great deal. You could get away with one from Australia Post. I I think they do one. I don't know. Maybe that's an old school yeah, thing. I think you could get the will kits there. Yeah, yeah. You probably could, but you could go see a lawyer. It could cost you anywhere between five hundred thousand, two thousand dollars, depending on the complexity. Worth getting done if you do it right the first time. You probably won't have to do it again for a very long time. Yeah. And you usually, once you've set it up, you don't need to change it until your circumstances change. Mm, exactly. Okay. So that's, we're, we're getting through this checklist. Next one is property. So there are some low hanging, there's some low hanging fruit with property, whether you're an investor, an owner, or would be owner. So first question you'd ask is What are you actually paying? Yes. What, yeah, what's your interest rate for your mortgage at the moment and mm -hmm. can you get that down? Because it's something, it is negotiable and banks are often willing to work with you um, or you can actually um, change mortgage providers and maybe for a lower rate. So yeah. it's something you've definitely got room to move there. Plenty of comparison sites you can go to and just get a reference and you can call your bank and be like, I just noticed on the insert comparison site name, website, <laughs> that I can get a mortgage for less than 3% and you're charging me four and a half, yeah. I'm going to leave and see what they do. Just ask, And if you don't want to stay on hold, just ask straight for like the cancellations department or the complaints department <laughs> or something like that or the sales department. They're generally quick to pick up. And uh, you can just, seriously, you can write it down on a piece of paper in front of you, then call the fund and just read off what you've written down. Mm. If you're like me, you know, you might shake a bit, you might get a bit nervous when you're trying to be like really assertive with these people, but that's what you got to do. 
And if they don't play ball, go elsewhere, go see a mortgage broker, etc. Uh, the next thing I would say with properties, if you own a, a home, do you have a read your own offset account? We've talked about interest rates being really low mm. on savings accounts, even lower more recently. If you can get a free redraw or offset account with your loan, it's low-hanging fruit yeah. because you effectively earn more interest. We won't go into it now, but you can effectively earn more interest after tax because you have your money in one of these mortgage accounts. They're a yeah. bit weird. We've talked about them before, but that's a, a box to, to tick off. Most good banks will offer them with the mortgage that you get for no charge. And some of them let you set up multiple offset accounts linked to the one mortgage. Mm. Uh, so you can. I've seen some of them, pe- people have one for their emergency fund and one for oh. their holiday fund and all in separate accounts lined up. Oh, that's cool. Makes sense, right? Um, but if, you, if they're charging you for that, it's probably not worth it. No, it's not worth it. Uh, so that's another thing. A lot of people don't realize, but mortgages actually have fees, a lot of them. So annual mm. fees. Account fees. Maybe they post you a credit fees. card in the mail with yep. the mortgage. Don't worry about any of that crap. Just yeah. get the no frills one. But if they throw in the offset and redraw for free, it's a bonus. Next thing. Insurance. So we did a whole episode on that. Well, Owen mostly did it. Uh, probably it the fastest episode the ever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we also published a really handy checklist for that, which is really in-depth on all the different types of insurance. So that's probably worth checking out. Download it for free. Print and it off. Tick it off. Because there's quite a few different insurances, working out what ones you need, do mm-hmm. you need any, um, and making a decision there. So that's worth having a look at. Yep. Wonderful. Okay. So now we're going to get to the actual, I suppose, the the action point of the, the question here is mm. what to do now with investing. So you've done all this stuff, this housekeeping that's kind of once it's in place and you just keep tabs on it loosely, it'll be fine. But what mm. about this investing thing? Okay. So- well, the first thing you should do is you should invest in yourself. We had a whole episode on this, didn't we? Yes. Um, you can invest in yourself. Keep listening to podcasts like this one. Uh, to just, you know, use your spare time. Devote some, maybe an hour. You know, maybe it's ninety minutes, maybe it's sixty minutes of your day, just some time to just understanding the world of finance, and it'll just be so much easier for you. Learn it all now, and that knowledge will will, will compound. So keep listening to this. Keep doing other things that. Um, will be really beneficial to you in the long term. So we're going to run through the investment options most people have mm. going from least hands-on to probably most hands-on. Yeah. So, Kate, why don't you start us off with what would be least hands-on? Okay. So adding extra to your superannuation. Mm-hmm. And you can do that via BPAY um, if it's linked. Um, or you can ask your employer to contribute Extra. extra X amount of percent of your salary yep. to that as well. Yep. So the, the super's actually, it changed a few years ago. So you, even if you add it in after tax, you can then claim that back. Mm-hmm. It's a form and stuff at tax time, but uh, it is possible. So you don't have to necessarily go through the employer. Yeah, your employer doesn't have to be the one that contributes uh, these tax effective, if you like, yeah. uh, contributions to super. You can do it yourself now and then fill out a form yeah. to claim a tax deduction for it. But you need to make sure you do the form within the – I think it has to be within the financial year um, Yeah, that you're claiming you, it. And then when, when I did it, they took the tax out of the super and then they sort of a deduction on your tax return. So it was a bit complicated. Okay, but you can do it. Yes. So if you're willing to do it, that's probably the most hands-on you get. If, you're not willing, if you don't want to claim a tax deduction, you don't have to. But 
it probably makes sense to do it. So um, check that out. Super, pretty hands-off, can't touch it to you, whatever age. Yeah, so um, this is your long-term thinking. Yeah, this is really just like chuck it in there, be done with it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Next thing. Okay, so investing in exchange-traded funds. Yep, yeah, well, I would even say less complicated than that because you don't need a brokerage account. It's just index funds. So these are just like a super account. Once you find the fund you want to go with, you just pay money in. So you don't even see a price. They don't, like you can't log into an account and see how it's doing straight away. You have to go to the website, find the fund, et cetera. So you'd have to actually go to one of these index fund providers. We've mentioned a few of the names before. Uh, I'll just rattle off some of the big ones, not a recommendation. We're not associated with them, but I'll just tell you anyway. Vanguard, State Street, um, Beta Shares. There's a few of them. They have some of them have funds that aren't listed on the stock exchange, so you don't need to go and open an account. You can just direct deposit mm. money in. Bit of paperwork, but once you're off and running, it's really just a regular contribution. And you can do that with active fund managers as well, but we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Next probably least hands-on thing. Okay, so going on the app store tonight and downloading a micro investing app on your phone. Mm, that sounds simple. And then just linking your transaction account and letting it round up your spare change and invest in whatever portfolio you chose. Nice. So that sounds pretty simple. Roundup apps. We've covered them in the apps yeah. episode, which was a Q&A episode not too long ago, I believe. So jump back and have a look at that one. But uh, there's plenty to choose from there. Next thing, which is a big thing you're a fan of, Kate, which is robo-advice. Yeah. So this is where a robot, picture a robot just banging on a keyboard behind a computer. Is that what's going on? Yeah, really. Um, so it's a hu- <laughs> pretty much a human design system, but okay. it's spitting out a usually a statement of advice, a general <laughs> statement of advice for you. Um, you answer a few questions about your tolerance for risk, how would you feel if the market dropped 30%, those sort of things. And based on that, they might say, we recommend you have a conservative portfolio or a high growth portfolio or somewhere in between. Um, and then if you agree with that, you can tick all the relevant <laughs> boxes. All the and, disclaimers. Yep. And uh, then you can set up your account, fund it, and they buy all the securities for you. Now, if you're using cool. a robo-advisor, I'd make... I'd want to make sure that all the securities were purchased in your name, which most of them do. Um, So your name, you get your own holder identification number, and it's all pretty much you're paying them a management fee um, to buy and sell everything for you and rebalance. And you can just set up auto um, BPay payments too. So it's all automatic. Yeah. Most of them have an associated cash management account. And then once it gets to a certain level, maybe 2% or 3% of the account, it will rebalance it. So... Hmm. Um, you can set up automatic payments and just let that go. So that's a robo-advisor. You can go back to, once again, the same episode that had the apps in it, or you can just Google robo-advisors mm. Australia and then just do your research from there. Sign up on their website, fund the account, just keep going. Yeah. Pretty simple. Next one, which is the one you mentioned before. Yeah. Which so exchange-traded funds. Um, so that requires setting up a brokerage account, which it should all be free. Yep. Um, and most major financial institutions um, do it. And if you Google brokerage accounts in Australia, you'll find other options as well. Yeah, we've covered this on many yeah. episodes of the past. Yep. So find a Canstar ASX, you'll be able to find comparisons for um, brokerage providers. Yep. Um, and then you've just got a, we did an ETF episode mm-hmm. last week. Yep. Uh, so that will go in depth if you have a listen to it, if you haven't already, um, into all the things you should look for when you're 
buying an exchange-traded fund. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Uh, The next one is individual shares. And you also do that in a brokerage account. Yes, but that probably requires a lot more thought Mm -hmm. because you've got to make a big decision on which share you're going to buy, why have you bought it, do you know enough about it, can you keep on top of it? Mm -hmm. I mean... This is what yeah. I do for a job, but yeah. yeah. Owen loves buying individual shares, but it's definitely something you probably should think about. Don't just buy it because your mate told you it's going to be the next big thing. Actually put some thought into it if that's the path you want to take. Yep. Or if you do jump on whatever your mate told you to barbecue, just don't go crazy. Don't put all of your money in it. We've been through this in the past. If you say no, yeah. they'll probably do it. So, But just be reasonable. Yeah. Uh, and, Maybe and, yeah. 1% of your wealth. Yeah. For example, this just I'll give you an example. I probably spend I'm going to say upwards of 50 hours that that's the minimum time I'd spend researching a share mm. before I buy it. Normally it's months. Like <laughs> yep. constantly keeping tabs on what the company's doing. Do I, you know, like the management? All those types of questions. We've been through this mm. on one of the first 10 episodes about individual shares. Really good episode to go back and listen to. It's a bit more hands-on. You can get advice on this just like you can with any of them. Your financial advisor can do it or you can get general advice on it. Mm. And you can pay for people to research shares for you. Totally you can. Always take it with a grain of salt though. You've got to make the decision yourself. The ultimate decision is your own. Yep. Okay. So the last one, which is probably not more work, but it does become a little bit difficult because it's, it's kind of like predicting what these people are going to predict and this is investing with fund managers and when we say fund managers people that actively invest yes yeah, so you're t- paying for their expertise yeah so I, we probably shouldn't have had this at the bottom of the list but it is hard to know who's good mm. particularly if you're new to the world of investing uh, you, once again you can get research on this just like we can with individual shares but you often have to sign up on their website you have to fill out paperwork and then you have to know that you have to yeah. send the money in and then you have to know that they're, that they're good at their job and keep tabs on them. A lot of the applications are online nowadays, okay. but some of the large providers, when I've looked recently, they still make you uh, do a physical signature and scan that back to them. So yep. it's an element of effort. <laughs> there is some but, um, of effort. <laughs> Usually they'll um, direct debit the funds out of your account if that's what you select for the initial investment or BPAY um, is often the option because it's easy for them to reconcile the funds okay cool well so these are the op- these are the options they're pretty much all the options you've obviously got property which we haven't mentioned because in the question um the the, the person who asked this question said you know i've invested in property before so that's not what i'm after but anywhere from super index funds roundup apps robo advisors etfs individual shares fund managers you've really got plenty to choose from yeah it's a matter of how much time you're willing to put in are you interested in it um, you don't have to do one or the other. You can do all of them. You mm. can do none of them. You just keep your money in cash if you want to. And like both of us, we use a whole range oh, of yeah. different options there. ETFs. Fund managers. Individual shares. ETFs. Yeah, in- definitely. We're probably both in ETFs. Yeah, super funds. Yeah. Like we've got it all here. So, you know, it's definitely not one or the other. You can start with one, see if you like it, keep building up, mm. go with another Obviously, all the usual caveats apply. Read the PDS, read the terms and conditions, all that sort of stuff. Do it once, do it right, and um, you'll be on your way. So I think whatever you decide, if you're time poor especially, try and automate as much as possible. So if you can set up, if super's what you decide, set up regular contributions to your super fund or get your employer to increase your contributions. Um, If it's a robo-advisor, then set up regular contributions um, 
when you get paid every time. So, yep. um, or if you're if you don't have a regular paycheck coming in, make a rule that as soon as you get paid, you put five percent away. Yeah. Or something, whatever's manageable for you. Um, and maybe if you want to invest in three different types of accounts, 5% here, 5% there, 5% there. Yep. So just try and automate it as much as possible. Um, and if you can't create regular um, direct debits or movements of funds from your accounts, even pencil it in your calendar, uh, create an alert for mm-hmm. every month at the same time you review and see if you need to That's make what any I do. payments. Yeah, once a month, on the first of every month, transfer X into account. <laughs> and it reminds me, it goes off 24 hours before my Gmail, my Google Calendar. It's perfect because I always forget. Yeah. So um, you're pretty much, you're setting up a monthly financial meeting with yourself. Yep. To oh, sort like everything out because it's your future and you want to actually make sure you put some effort into it. Mm-hmm, for sure. And this is all just about putting yourself first, mm. paying yourself first. If you've got a jar, just think you, you've got a jar, put the things that are important to you in that jar first and then all the little things falling around. One of those things should be investing. Yeah. We're always very quick to pay the mortgage, pay the bills, pay everyone else. Pay yourself first. Get that yeah. money in there. That's for your future. That's what will make a difference. Mm. Cool. Yeah. I think that's about it. So I hope that episode was interesting because it, we had a, a lot of questions on this recently about getting started. We've yeah. listened to the episodes. We know the basics. Now what? Yeah. So I hope you find the checklist in the show notes really useful. Yes. That will be produced in no time. <laughs> Subtle dig there. <laughs> uh, no, it uh, it will be produced, and it be pretty much. You could use this episode as kind of like the overview of the checklist, if you like, yeah. to think about it, and then use the other episodes if you're confused about what's on the checklist and how you go about things. Um, yeah. So if you have any questions, questions? about those steps, um, feel free to contact us. We've got podcast at raskfinance.com that's the one dot au I like oh. how you're pronouncing it dot au no no just dot com oh. yeah okay. we're global right yeah podcast at raskfinance.com dot com cool or you can go to the howtomoney.online website yes I'm there as well yep cool and you're on Twitter yeah on Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus cool and I'm Owen Rask on Instagram and Twitter thanks for joining me Kate thanks for listening Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, 
designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.